This is the TJ Show, and how about that? It is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. J-Bo, I heard you quoting some famous philosophers over there, mm-hmm. and I was quite inspired by what you were saying. Would you share with all of us? Yes, the great philosopher Ice Cube once said, it's going to be a good day. I do feel like it's going to be a good yeah, day. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. And uh, I'm glad that you're bringing that up. We love studying ancient wisdom. That's right. <laughs> Kenny, it's good to see you. You too, bud. You know, last night I was getting ready for bed. My wife, Jess, wasn't home yet. And I thought, I'm going to leave her a little note. So when she comes home, she sees it. And so I take out this little yellow index card and I write this sweet note that I was tired, but uh, I took care of this, this and that. And it's because I love you. And have a great night. That's not a sweet note. What do you mean? Because you're like literally bragging on yourself, which is not very attractive. Well, I just wanted her to know that I, I did do some things in the kitchen. But you, okay, so you said, babe, I did the dishes, I did, I sweep the floors, I'm just making things up. But you didn't say, I did all this and I was tired. Did you say that part? Well, I did mention that I was tired. Yeah, that part was not I, attractive. So, what's sad is that the note's in the same place that I left it last night. I thought for sure I'd get a note back. <laughs> but maybe you're right, Jabo. She maybe, rolled her eyes. Maybe it was because I was, I was bragging a little yeah. too much there. You're right. I, I have to rethink that. What kind of hole are you digging yourself out of, TJ? You're telling us you bought her flowers yesterday, and now you're leaving notes and doing chores around the house? <laughs> no, the flowers is just because I know she likes little flowers. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me, um, Kenny, I know you're not married, and so you haven't heard this from a wife's perspective, but you're not doing chores around the house. You live there. You're cleaning up <laughs> behind yourself. Those are not chores. Yeah, you, got, you have to be careful with what you say, especially in your relationship, Kenny. You're like invoicing. A little bit. But, <laughs> yeah, that you don't do. And now that I think about it, yes, it may look a little bit like an invoice. And a love invoice. But uh, J-Bo just called you out on something that I know your girlfriend will definitely call you out on. Mm-hmm. If you call it I'm chores, trying to help you out. I made the mistake one time. I said, I have to be home babysitting the kids. Nope, those are your kids. <laughs> you had fun making them, didn't you? Those are your babies. They look like you. I only said that once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, nope, I was, those are your kids. Don't, don't ever say it, Kenny. It's not worth okay. the battle. I'm hanging with my kids. Taking I'm notes. chilling with my yeah, kids. Yeah. I'm educating my kids. I'm pouring into my oh, kids. No, oh, no. I'm good. I make sure not that Not babysitting. Every, I was home with my four-year-old yesterday. Yeah. Just the two of us hanging out. That's right. And when my wife came back home after that, I was like, I had all this special connection time with Noah. <laughs> now that gives, gives you brownie points. <laughs> and she's like, whoa, that's awesome. I'm like, yep. Not saying babysitting. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that. You know, I was just minding my own business yesterday, and I got a text from Jabo, who I love. Oh, I love you too. And it was an article about how people are now getting parent coaches. And the feeling I got was you were saying maybe I should get one. What, oh, what was, is that what you thought? That's what. That's, no. Like a coach you hire <laughs> to coach you to be a better parent. No, I just thought you know what I'm saying. It's always good to get some outside perspective on certain and things. And I agree with that. I agree with that. But this is an interesting article. It turns out that there are now people seeking parent coaches. They're getting anywhere from $500 to $3,500 a week for a 12-week program. I'm available. (laughs) Have you ever been a parent before? (laughs) No, but I I help raise my nieces and nephews. I've learned a lot. For that rate, you could probably figure a few things out real fast. Yep. 
I was reading through this and I thought, well, I understand why you'd want a coach. I mean, I try to find a coach for almost anything, all the way down to, I want to know how to cut my beard properly. There you go. Because I decided to grow a beard for the first time. And mm-hmm. so I go to the barber shop and now he's my coach. There I ask go. him for advice. But I thought I'd get my wife Jess on the phone because she's very passionate about this subject. And I didn't know that there were people actually charging to help you parent your kids. Jess, you there? Yep. J-Bo thinks I need a parent coach. <laughs> I mean, listen, no one is above help, right? No, no. No, and I agree. I'll take help at any corner when it comes to raising kids because I always say, how am I supposed to know what to do with a kid? I had never had a kid before we had a kid, so are we supposed to just figure it out by trial and error? Listen, I think help is an incredible idea. I think that sticker price is wild to take more money away from parents that are already struggling to pay for everything is a lot. And I actually think that this is a sign of, like, how isolated we've become because in other cultures, parents and grandparents and grandchildren all live in either close proximity or literally under the same roof. And so the parent coaches are, like, the aunts and the uncles and the grandparents that are there to really help. And, like, in some cultures, when the grandparents retire, first of all, they're not working until they're 85. They literally retire, and then they help raise the children while the parents are working. And so there is a lot of help. I'm not saying, oh, parents don't need help. I'm just saying, like, to just take money out of the parents' checkbooks because of something obvious that they need help, I think is just really sad. Well, also, I think if there is a family that maybe, that maybe doesn't have the resources to purchase a coach for $3,500, which it seems like people are doing, right. there are great resources in books. There are great resources, as you said, in our communities, yes. in our churches, in our schools. You see yeah. what kids are like behaving awesomely. Ask the parents a couple questions. That's what we do. I mean, we've got yeah. our, our dear friends, Edgar and Janet. We'll ask them questions. <laughs> They'll ask us questions. We're trying to figure it out together but you nailed it it's being in community and being willing to ask for help and also being vulnerable like some people are more willing to let other people take an inside peek and thankfully i have some really close friends that have literally stayed in our messy home and been able to really see family dynamics and one friend has spoken really honestly when she's seen something that could be better and yeah, that's a coach, basically. But she's also one of my best friends, so she didn't give me a bill afterwards. Right. It and, free. <laughs> you know, in asking a question, because we don't know how to do something, we can save a whole lot of money mm-hmm. in this world. Talk about a discount plan. I need help. <laughs> Say it. Say those words. I need help. I, I need, need help. help. Yeah, and boom, money in the bank. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jess. I knew you'd have something to share on that. It seems there's been a flurry of stories over the last few days with people finding old random stuff, and it's so interesting. These are incredibly wild finds, and I'm going to read you three different stories, and they keep getting worse. I mean, or better, depending on... Better finds, right? Depending on how you look at it. And I dream of finding something random like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, not the last story, and you'll see why. So the first on the list is researchers in Sweden have found 9,500-year-old chewing gum that reveals ancient humans' sufferings and their notable diseases in their mouth. Now, Mm. I'm amazed by the technology here, but apparently researchers in Sweden, they have taken this gum. It was apparently wild birch bark from a tree. People would, like, melt it. And then it'd be this glue-like substance huh. that, that is like gum. Chew it. That's they were cool. just chewing it. Through DNA analysis, they were linked to three teenage individuals who were likely camping 
hunting and fishing in the area. The group of hunters, they discovered, had really poor oral hygiene. They found all these bacteria. I can't believe they can discover that all these years later. That's really cool. That there's still a trace of that. Not only that, the DNA sequences showed there were red fox, trout, red deer, apple, and hazelnut all in the gum. So they could assume that they ate those animals Mm. and those nuts. And they said it's an amazing window into the lives of a small group of hunter-gatherers on the Scandinavian West Coast. If I was them, I'd be like, hey, leave me alone. Can I have a little bit of privacy <laughs> 9,500 years later? Now, this story is creepy. There's a plumber. His name is Jonathan Betts. He shared his unlikely discovery with his followers on TikTok. This video now has 1.5 million views and still growing. Isn't it interesting that, like, plumbers and contractors, they've all got TikTok accounts yes. and they're sharing what they find. Yep. I'm telling you, contractors have some of the best stories. My dad is a contractor. Your dad is a contractor, yep. Kenny. So many amazing things. The things they find in houses. It's pretty shocking. Well, this plumber was working on a 200-year-old cottage and he found what looked like a jawbone and teeth. And he said, oh my goodness, tell me this is an animal. He's hoping it was a dog and not a human. And he found even more. By the end of it, there were about a dozen uh, sets of bones on a mm. concrete slab. Yeah, that's scary. Thanks to Google, he was able to match it up with a pig. It was just pig bones. <laughs> and he was very relieved and he let his followers know it's not human. Rejoicing. He found out that the house across the street from the one he was working on used to be a pig farm and they think that there was a barn attached to their property that was a, it was a slaughterhouse and it was there in that house. So that's where the pigs came from. He said he's been in the industry for over 20 years and he's never seen anything like it before. The people who live there said, can you please rebury them? Put them (laughs) under the house again. I guess they believed in some superstitious stuff and didn't want to mess with it. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And then this is the big story that caught my attention. A contractor remodeling a bathroom finds something shocking in the wall. He opens up a wall, finds the secret compartment, and he said, I think that looks like a grenade. Oh my goodness, it is a grenade. There was a grenade that was hidden in this wall. His first thought was to run out of there. He did. But then he said, no, I need to film this for social media. You thought so- finding bones was, was bad. <laughs> you found a grenade. Can you imagine? So Yeah, I know. And then he went back, J-Bo, and he did film it for the company's TikTok page. I mean, look, everyone's an influencer. That's hazard pay right there. The Seattle Police Department's bomb squad responded to the home and confirmed the object was indeed a grenade, but it wasn't active. So that was good news. And they thought maybe a veteran came home at one point. Uh, They had been known to take some weapons home and store them, and maybe they just forgot about it. So there it is, lost and found. (laughs) You never know what's going to pop up. This is the TJ Show. Yesterday, when we finished up on the radio, my phone rang. I picked it up, and it was my grandfather, who's 94 years old. And I said, hey, Pop, how you doing? And he said, well, I'm not sure why I'm still here, but I'm not going to question it. <laughs> I said, that yeah, that's great. so great. He's so grateful to wake up every day, and he always tells me that. I'm you like, oh, Pop. You put that on a shirt somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah. He, he just, he loves life. He's got a social life that... I would say is probably more active than most people I know who really? are under 50 years old. Okay. He's constantly hanging out with friends. And I said, what are you doing today? And my grandpa, he still plays the saxophone at 94 years old. Man. He said, I've got a jazz jam happening today. What? Nice. Bunch of young guys are coming over. Now, young to him is 70. Well, yeah, he's like 90-something, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they all play together and, you know, so they come over to his house and... 
And I just was so moved by that. And I told Jabo, and you said something so interesting yesterday that I want you to share here because I didn't know this and I never made this connection. Well, it was it was a surprise to me too. I saw on social because you can find good things on social. There was a doctor saying that researchers have found that socializing is prolonging people's life, and they were saying that. They believe that's one of the reasons why sometimes women tend to live a little longer than men is because women have a natural ability to, if something's going wrong in their life, they'll go socialize, they'll go talk about it. And sometimes men will store it in and, and not go and socialize. They'll probably go hang out in the man cave. But your granddad is like having these jazz sessions and yeah, he's, he's vibing with people. Tons and, of friends. And I think she's, they're onto something because he's 90 something years old and he's still doing it. And he doesn't hold back sharing his feelings. He'll no, tell you everything that. he's thinking. There's something about not bottling up our emotion. You know, we talk about this all the time. I mean, it's a perfect tie-in to our sponsor that we love, BetterHelp. There's something about sharing our feelings. There's something about talking to our friends, finding trusted confidants, being around people on a regular basis that is good for us. And I see it all the time. And you probably see it too. Maybe you're friends with a a wife and you hear the story about how their husband Mm -hmm. doesn't have any friends. How many dudes do you know who just seclude themselves? And, you know, in all fairness, I kept to myself for a lot of years of my life, and it was when I met my wife, Jess, that my life of guy friends started to expand. And now I have guy friends who were like brothers to me, and I, I share everything, and we share everything with each other, and it is good. Well, you know what, DJ? I'm not going to lie to you. When I met my husband, Archie, he was the introvert, and I was the extrovert. I was the one that was out socializing. The roles have reversed. He has to tell me to get out of the house. Oh. I have started to isolate, and I'm just like, when did this happen? I don't know. I just like my alone time, but I'm learning that when you're around social groups, it helps you create a bond yeah. of, of caring and nurturing, and you feel responsible for something and so that adds to that longevity yeah come over our house more i mean you're always fun to hang out with i would love to do that but i don't want to get stuck babysitting kids though. no no i'm not gonna make you babysit kids you're, they go to bed eventually but i i share this and i know we're joking but i i'm very serious if if you're one of these dudes and i'm just speaking to dudes ladies specifically too. i can speak to ladies for yeah sure. and jaybo there you go talk mm-hmm. to ladies open your heart a little bit yeah. you know i think what eventually did it for me was I thought, well, why am I not trusting these people? They haven't given me a reason reason not to trust them. Let me trust them until they give me a reason not to. And that has changed my life. And sometimes it requires effort. That's the thing for me. It's like, oh, I have to make this phone call. I have to get dressed and leave the house. But then I've noticed it rejuvenates you. There's been times where I've push myself to leave the house and I get home and I am lit. I'm ready to do everything on my to-do list. Yeah, it's just healthy. And if it carries us to 94, then why don't Let's we try it? go! Hey, how you doing, new friend? Yeah. This is the TJ Show. Our camera guy, Josh. He's such a nice guy. I think that's his problem, Jabo. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He gets a knock on his door and where we are on the East Coast, we've been getting some snow lately. And this little kid, how old is this kid? Probably 10. 10 years old, you open the door, and he's trying to make some money. Mm-hmm. And what's his offer to you? Can I shovel your driveway for just a few dollars? And so, of course, my wife Ann's behind me, like, swooning at him. <laughs> <laughs> Loving so every precious. second. And I was like, all right, how much? He's like, maybe $10? $10 is a good deal. It is a really good for deal. For a full driveway? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would yeah. take that. Yeah, so I took it. I was like, okay, sounds good. And you look out your window... 
about 30 minutes later, and what do you see? He's done maybe like one foot by one foot of my driveway <laughs> in that, that amount of time. Baby. And he's standing there with his gloves off, like blowing hot air on his fingers <laughs> because he's just so cold. It's so sad. Ugh. And so you, you realize, well, this isn't going to end well. You need to get involved. Right. If I want my driveway shoveled, I'm going to have to go out there and, quote, help him, but basically shovel my own driveway. So you put all your shoes, your boots, mm-hmm. and your winter clothes. You go out, and you start shoveling with him. Now, do you have to talk to this kid? Oh, yeah, the entire time. Yeah. And Josh is an introvert. I yeah, know that I, hurt you so bad. I didn't like one bit of it. <laughs> so what do you talk to this 10-year-old about who's only done about a foot of your driveway after a half an hour? Yeah, well, luckily, he had a lot of time to talk because he just stood there, you know, still blowing hot air on his fingers. And he just talked about his entire life. I learned he's from Chicago and <laughs> about his best friend, Moss, and oh, just That's all cool kinds name. of stuff. So and he then, watched you shovel he did. the driveway. So you finished the driveway mm-hmm. and... Uh, obviously, do you thank him and send him on his way? Yeah, well, with the addition of still paying him, not only the $10 he asked for, but the $20 <laughs> that my wife insisted I pay him because so, it's at least a $20 job. Okay, so you shoveled your own driveway. I did. And this kid collected $20 to watch you yep. shovel it. Now, that that is Pretty. If if you're, that's a hustler right there. Yeah, I don't know this man. Yep. I don't know, but he. Uh, that's that's interesting. He's gonna mm-hmm. be CEO of a company one day. I bet you that we're gonna see him in the papers online in a few years. And I'll be working for him. Yeah, that's right, Josh. <laughs> yep. You paid him twenty bucks for the company. Really, the conversation is what you paid him for. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> well, Josh, I think that's a very nice thing that you did. Did you sure. did you lecture him at all and say, hey, this is not really the way you conduct business, no. or did you just let him go? No, I just let him go. In fact, I was so dumb that I said, you know what, man, you need to start charging $20 for a driveway. <laughs> and it's like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> Stop it. What are you doing? I, uh. Yeah, I, I think in a situation like that, I wouldn't want to get involved. First of all, I would say no to the kid. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want any kids hanging out in my driveway. Right. Like, who knows? Yeah, I don't either. So they slip or some like neighborhood dog comes by. Like, sure. I, I don't need it. But let's just say I did. Right. Even in that scenario, I'd still pay him because like, you don't know who the parents are. Yeah, no, you don't want to get into all that. You don't want to get into a neighborhood war. So I think he did the right thing. Well, now I'm scared. Every time it snows, I rush out there to shovel my own driveway the second it snows because I don't want this kid knocking on my door again. <laughs> you know really what it is, right? Your wife, Ann, and that kid was in cahoots. Your wife, Ann, is like, hey, listen. <laughs> oh, she loved it. Because <laughs> she knows next yeah. time it snows, you're going to be out there. No, no, she doesn't see anything wrong with this situation at all. <laughs> she's going to pass that kid another 20 on his right. bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's great. Riding around town. Yep. This is the TJ Show. There are a lot of dumb holidays that happen every single day, <laughs> and we generally ignore most of them. But there is a holiday that's happening today that caught my attention, and I want to bring it up for a number of reasons. Some stupid, some very serious. Okay. <laughs> it is National Handwriting Day, a day where we celebrate our handwriting. Do you have nice handwriting, Jabo? I used to, man, but since I've been texting and typing mm. a lot more lately, my handwriting has gone to the garbage. Oh, okay. What about you, Kenny? I've never had good handwriting. Yeah, neither have I, and I don't care. I know what I'm writing, okay? And if I'm writing a love note or something to my wife, Jess, I, I try a little harder. Okay, as I, you should. I focus on it a little bit more, but mm-hmm. generally I scribble, and I know my scribble, and I kind of like that. I like the idea of there needing to be a decoder yeah. to figure out what I'm writing. <laughs> Who's a decoder, though, is the question. <laughs> <laughs> Me! <laughs> And if I'm not around, well, good luck with it. You'll never know. Jabo, you you brought up something that hints at the serious side of this, though. 
I think a lot of people are in your boat. You know, as a, as an adult, you, you know how to write stuff, and mm-hmm. sure, it might get a little sloppy, but. We know from our camera guy, Josh, who was a school teacher in the public schools for a lot of years, that handwriting is truly becoming a lost art. Now, am I overemphasizing that? No, you're absolutely right with the, uh, the typing age. It's going to the wayside. Yeah, and what, what did you find? What would you say was your biggest findings? And what were teachers talking about as it relates to handwriting? Yeah, the biggest thing is just the lack of importance that people place on it. And I think it's a whole lot more important than people are putting it out to be. Everyone's like, oh, I'll just type everything for the rest of my life. But that's not always the case. Even still today, we we handwrite things every day. So former teacher, camera guy, Josh, why is it important? Because you need to be able to write things down. You're not always going to be able to sign your name for crying out loud. I had students who couldn't spell their name because they weren't used to writing it down. Also, when you type everything for forever, you don't learn how to spell things because the computer automatically spells things for you. And that's a great skill that you Mm -hmm. need. I still incorporate handwriting into everything that I do. Like even if I'm working on something for our job or whatever, I will write notes on physical index cards or notebooks because I I don't want to lose that. Now, I think Mm -hmm. it'd probably be harder for us to lose it than maybe someone who's just coming up through the school system. But of course, people say, well, what if computers go away and they they go, no, that would never happen. What if there comes a time where there's not a way to communicate via computer? You'd have to know how to write some stuff. You'd want to know how to write notes. I think it is really important. I think I'm not saying there's going to be a time where computers go away, but there's been countless stories of times where there was a glitch in the system and then a computer shut down and then people had to go back to writing things on paper. Businesses have had to do that. They had to... Hackers jump into the system. What they do? What was it? A few months ago, hospitals. Remember that? Yes. When hospitals were hacked. Paper and pencil. And they had to go back to paper and pencil. Yeah, so it is a very important skill, an important holiday for that matter. National Handwriting Day, recognizing the importance of handwriting. Now, camera guy Josh just walked up to me with an iPad, and I just wrote a bunch of stuff on the iPad. What are you doing with that, Josh? Well, I want to see if everyone who follows us on Instagram can guess whose handwriting is who. And so I recorded you writing it so that they can watch you write it without knowing it's you who wrote it. You just stole my handwriting. Uh Uh-huh. Is that what that was about? You gave it up. You guys all did it, too. Mm -hmm. No questions asked. (laughs) If you follow us at TJ Podcast, in honor of National Handwriting Day, you can guess whose handwriting is whose, and that's going to help your life. Um, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's it is fun. fun. It is fun. It is a fun game, right? No, absolutely. And it'll hopefully inspire someone to pick up a pen today. Happy National Handwriting Day! You know, the other day Kenny had to head out of our office, and a bit of a—it almost seemed like you were a little nervous. Like there was a nervous energy around you. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, are you okay? What's going on?" And you shared something with me, and I asked if we could bring this up here because I feel like it could serve as a public service announcement right. to humanity. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we've all let things slide every once in a while, but go ahead and tell Jabo what happened to you. Well, I recently got my car registered and inspected. But up until that point... This was when you went out of the office. Yeah, I had to run out before the DMV closed. But up until that point, my registration was expired for six months, and my inspection was expired for a year. (laughs) Life is busy. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I understand. You get to it when you can. It happens. But six months and a year and yeah. like a double whammy. Yeah, this is bad even for yeah, me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a bit much. So what's worst case scenario if you allow one or the other or both to expire if you get pulled over? 
Well, worst case scenario, from what I'm reading here, in some states, you can actually get 30 to 60 days in jail for driving an unregistered vehicle. Yeah. And did you think about that or you didn't know that? I didn't know there was jail time associated <laughs> with it. Jeez, uh, right. I, I, I got pulled over with an expired registration years ago and the cop gave me a ticket. And then he said, you know, I can impound your car, right? And then, you know, he's like, I'm going to be a nice guy. Here's the ticket you can drive on, but get this fixed right away. Thank you, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, no, I, I did actually appreciate that. That, so, that reminds me of the note that I left for my wife, Jess, where I said, I clean the kitchen because I love you. <laughs> right. It's just like, stop, man. Just- so, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that is a headache in and of itself. But yeah, I didn't realize that, you know, if it, if it goes on for too long, repeat offenses could land you in jail. My, my feeling about this is there are just too many complications in life, just as it is. My, my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's just mm-hmm. too much that is annoying and goes wrong from time to time. We don't need to add more things that we can control. Like there are so few things that we can control right. on this planet. Keeping that stuff up to date and avoiding, like if you would have gotten your car towed or impounded, what would that be like even for your job and life with your girlfriend? It would totally throw a wrench. It'd be a major disruption. It'd be a mess. I'm telling you, to get a car out of the impound is at least three to four hundred dollars. Yeah. And it, I know because it happened to me recently. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, really? Yeah, you What you, the heck are you doing? It doesn't matter. We're talking about <laughs> Kenny right now. We're talking about me some other time. But it takes about three three to four hundred dollars. And who has that to just kind of throw around to take your car out of yeah. the Yeah, Financially account? it can mess us up. Timing yeah. wise, it can, we can miss opportunities. What yeah. if we had like a job interview or something and then all of a sudden we don't have our car? Mm-hmm. It's like these are the things that we can control. Producer Heather, I didn't know this about you. You were in trouble with the law because of what? An expired license? No, it was registration, and I wasn't as lucky as producer Kenny. My car got impounded, and they I had to go. I had to find it too. Sometimes they don't even tell you nope. where your car is going; you just have to yeah. find it. Yep. Well, that's more fun for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Let's see if she figures it out. More stressful yep, yep. for us. More Wait, fun for them. So I don't know what happened. So you get pulled over. They realize that it was expired, and what do they say to you? Well, they just told me that it was that your registration's expired, and they were like, "You can't drive your car because it's illegal to drive a car without a registration." Come on. And then they took it from me, and then they just kind of left me there, and I had to walk home. <laughs> you had to walk home? Oh man, I'm sorry that happened to you, Heather. But have you ever done it again? Oh no, I make sure that I have my registration. Yeah, it's trauma. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah say, no yeah. way. You learned, right? Yeah. I know. Well, Kenny, I'm glad that you're all up to date now. Everyone in the room is up to date, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Uh... Yes, give me a yes on three. One, two, I three. I think so, yeah. Yes. Yay, I think so. This is the TJ Show. This is the TJ Show, our news that sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what's happening on the planet today? The second Aquaman film, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, has been out for four weeks now. Overall, it's been a disappointing performance at the box office, especially when you consider that the first Aquaman movie grossed over a billion dollars. Wow. Well, I suppose that first one can make up for some of the lack in the second one, right? (laughs) I think so. I don't think they were counting on that to happen, though. You put the two together, they're pretty good. The first Aquaman was the highest grossing film in the DCEU. However, the second Aquaman film did pass an important milestone recently. We know that it won't be the worst performing DCEU film at box offices because it just passed Black Adam, the one starring The Rock, which only made $393.5 million during its entire run. So in four weeks, Aquaman 2 has made over $400 million, and they're nearing their break-even point as far as the budget is concerned. Wow. I'm surprised that the first one would do so well and be their highest earner, and then the second one doesn't really get anywhere near what they wanted. 
yeah, it is interesting, but this is all the end because we know the DCEU is ending. Uh, Aquaman 2 is the last film in this series. James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, is taking over the DC Studios as their new studio head. Yeah. Well, I'm looking news, forward to that. Good news here is that if you were feeling like there weren't enough superhero movies, we've got more. Yeah. And they're coming on strong. Kenny, what else do you have? A wedding planner on TikTok is going viral for sharing this little-known fact that some branches of Dairy Queen offer a blizzard bar for weddings as part of their catering service. That sounds like oh, fun. I, I know. Love blizzards. Love them. That'd be, that would have been great at my wedding. People awesome. had no idea that this was a thing, but indeed, if your local Dairy Queen has a catering service, odds are you can get a blizzard bar package at your wedding. I used to work at Dairy Queen. I would not like to work a wedding event as one of these like DQ bars. Now, I would love it at my wedding. I just don't want to go to somebody's wedding and do it there. Hey, listen, there's a lot of clever things you can do with weddings and mm-hmm. a lot of money to be spent. Yep. Everyone smiles like, whoa, you got Dairy Queen to show up. This is yeah. so cool. Yeah. There was one I was at and I think like a hot dog truck showed up. I'm like, oh, that's oh, cool. Wasn't expecting that. That's different, yeah. <laughs> whoa, after the party's over? No, it's just getting started. <laughs> Kenny, what else you have? Oh, wait, actually, you know what I'm in the mood for now? Thanks a lot. Those um, vanilla cones with the dipped hard shell oh, uh, upside yeah. down. Yeah. You, do you know how to do that I when you work there? I did a lot of those, yep. How did, uh, how did the ice cream not fall off the cone? It's the dip itself. It's like when you, as soon as you put the cold in there, the dip has to react to the coldness. It automatically becomes so a lot to secret. the ice cream. That's mm-hmm. the secret. <laughs> yep. Wow. I was going to break in and steal it. I know they got like no, a secret recipe book. I always wondered how it didn't fall off. And it's look, impressive. Wow, you saved me a lot of trouble, J-Bo. Yeah, no problem. Kenny, what you out of jail, too. Yep. <laughs> Kenny, what else you have? So a doctor on an airplane has reportedly saved a sick passenger's life by borrowing a flight attendant's Apple Watch. Oh, this is good news. Yeah, this is interesting. The doctor step up after that famous line delivered by the flight attendant, is there a doctor on board? Yep. And the woman in her 70s was experiencing shortness of breath. The woman didn't initially respond to the doctor's questions, but eventually he found out she did have a history of heart issues. That's when he asked the flight attendant to borrow her Apple Watch so he could gauge her blood oxygen levels. Found out there was low oxygen saturation. They brought an oxygen tank over and were able to stabilize her until the plane landed. Kenny, what else do you have? Applebee's introduced a year-long subscription called the $200 Date Night Pass. They went on sale yesterday. It sold out in minutes. What is it? It's a date night pass where for $200, you can go to Applebee's up to 52 times between February 1st and January 31st and spend up to $30 in food and non-alcoholic beverages. And the pass can only be used once per 24-hour period, according to the restaurant. Sounds like a deal. Yeah. It's a great deal. I I just remember this viral story J-Bo brought up that said Applebee's was like the worst place to take a date. Not anymore. Not anymore, (laughs) indeed. It's sold out in minutes. That's where Archie and I first had our first date. So I'm like, whatever. Yeah. And you've got a great marriage. Hey, six years this Saturday. Kenny, what else is happening? We're seeing some new statistics from the U.S. Department of Labor that show teen employment in the United States at its highest since 2009. That's good news. That means there's some jobs. Yeah, 37% of 16 to 19-year-olds have a job 
or had a job in 2023. What age did you start working, Jabo? Nine, nine years old, TJ. Nine? Yeah. What was your job? Washing my own clothes. <laughs> okay, so ten, at home. Ten years old is a job. You're nine years old is a job. Ten, ten years old babysitting. Okay, tennis. So, impressive. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm tired. I want to retire. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm ready to retire today. Yeah, I think I started working in a real environment when I was 14. Yeah, me too. It was a grocery store. And I liked it. Yeah, I worked for my dad loading trucks in the back of his construction thing. Yeah, well, I, I was there too. Yeah. <laughs> now, does the article say as to why there's a huge increase from 2009? You said 2009, correct? Yeah, it's the highest since 2009. Did you say why? It's suggesting that the tight job market might be helping teens make more money. Workers aged 16 to 24 got a 9.8% pay bump last year, which is nearly twice as much as the jump for working people overall. Well, yeah, you need it. Everything's so expensive. Yeah, we need everything so expensive, and we're still not getting it. (laughs) And although this is the highest we've seen teen employment since 2009, the number of teens with jobs has been declining for over 40 years, but these new stats show a trend that's finally starting to reverse. Good. Happy to hear it. Listen, you do a great job in whatever job you have at the moment. It leads to the next one. And then you do a great job in that. People just want great workers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what I've observed over the years, being in the corporate spaces that we've walked through. People want great workers. Yeah, yep. definitely. You just got to give it your all. Kenny, what else do you have? It appears Elon Musk's plea to Mr. Beast, a.k.a. Jimmy Donaldson, to get him to post content directly on X, formerly Twitter, worked. Mr. Beast recently posted a video of him and his friends driving and crashing cars that ranged from $1 to $100 million. Huh. As a matter of fact, this was actually a repost of a video that he originally put on YouTube months ago. But what's making news here is Mr. Beast yesterday tweeted that that video on X made him $263,655. Wow. Can you imagine? Man. With I mean, this is content that was already on YouTube, mm-hmm. has already generated income. He throws it on another platform, and then it's like, boom, over a quarter million now, Elon Musk, a few weeks ago, like, tweeted out to Mr. Beast yeah. for him to do that. So, does e- did Elon play a role in the views that this video got more than others? I'm not sure if Elon or X directly played a view, because Mr. Beast also posted a little bit of an explanation. He said that the earnings were maybe a bit of a facade, and he assumes that advertisers saw the video was getting a lot of attention and bought ads. And of course, his established popularity likely helped his revenue figures. And he said the video's revenue is probably higher than what you'd expect, meaning us regular people. I'd say. Well, it's a safe <laughs> assumption. Yeah, right. <laughs> really? Mr. Beast, <laughs> yeah. you're saying you most people say. won't get a quarter million for posting one video? Yeah, no. you'd have to tell us that. We knew. Well, I'm glad I didn't waste my time with that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to be disappointed. Kenny, thank you for keeping us somewhat informed. That's what's happening. Maybe we should go find a car that we can crash. <laughs> <laughs> a couple like, of them. There's a lot of money in that. 